hello, Abundant Life Church. My name is Aaron Walton. I'm the Happy Valley Campus Pastor. And for those of you watching from Sandy, from our Vancouver and our online campus, I just gotta say thank you so much for being with us and thank you so much for being a part of our church family. Last week, we started a new message series that we're calling Being and Bearing. And what this is, is an opportunity for us as a church to explore the fruits of the Spirit. That we just take some time and we're gonna look at each and individual one and just create some space for us to really ask the question, how can we strive to live out these truths and how can we allow them to be and bear inside of our lives? How can we be a church? And how can we individually look for ways to live out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self Control. Last week, Pastor Aaron Baker started off this message series by speaking on the fruit of love. And if you missed it, I would highly encourage you go back, go to our website, go to our YouTube page and watch that message. It was phenomenal. And actually, I want to quote Pastor Aaron Baker because she said something last week that I think is a great way to sum up the heart and the desire that we have for this message series. This is what she said. She said, when we fully embrace being in the presence of God, wholeheartedly engage in building a relationship with Jesus and intentionally partner with the Holy Spirit, we can cultivate a character like Jesus and our lives can bear the purest and sweetest fruit. I mean, can I get an amen? This really is the heart and the desire of this message series. And I think this is the best response that we can have in a time in a world that seems to be upside down, in a time in a world that seems to be going into chaos. This is the best response that the church can have, that those who are men and women of God can respond to the chaos of this world by living out the fruits of the Spirit every single day. I mean, if we need to remind ourselves, we need to be remembered every single day that God has not abandoned us, that God has not forsaken us, that his presence is with us every single day. And as a response and out of obedience of that truth, we need to look for ways to build a deeper relationship with the living God, with Jesus Christ, with his son, the son of God, Jesus Christ. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to partner in that pursuit so that we can reflect, so that we can cultivate, so that we can allow the fruits of his Holy Spirit to be evident in our life so that we can treat others, we can talk to others, we can live as Jesus lived. Today, I get the amazing honor of teaching on the fruit of joy. And so real quick, let me just ask the question, what comes to your mind when you think of joy? You know, what are the images? What are the thoughts? Who are the people? What are the situations that in your mind equal joy? Now, the basic definition, the easiest definition you can have when you truly wrap your mind around joy is just the idea that these are things, these are situations, these are moments that bring you great pleasure and happiness. And that is an element that is a part of joy. So let's just start there for a second. I want to show you a couple pictures of things that bring me joy, that bring me great pleasure, and that make me happy. They put a smile on my face when I see them or when I think about them. First picture I want to show you is that of my two little girls, Carly and Emma. There's a picture of us on one of our many dates that we take, uh, going to get donuts uh, in particular, uh, where we just sit down, play some games, have a good conversation, and enjoy some donuts together. Now, 
I love my girls and I absolutely love being a dad. They are a source of great pleasure and a source of great happiness in my life. When I think of them, I truly do think of joy. Now, do they drive me crazy? Absolutely. Do I drive them crazy? Not at all. I'm the perfect father. What are you, what are you kidding me? No, like, but it's tough. It's difficult, but absolutely. Every time I think of my girls, they are a source of joy. But the real joy for me came just the other day. My wife and I sat down and we registered our two beautiful daughters for in-person school in the fall. Can I get an amen from the parents out there? I mean, oh my gosh, I don't care what's happening I don't, I don't care if we're in a state of Armageddon. Those kids are going back to school in the fall, okay? I don't care if I'm dropping them off in an empty building. They're going. They're not staying at home any longer. Second picture I want to show you of a, something that brings me great pleasure, happiness, and joy is that of my beautiful wife. This is a picture of me and Katie playing uh, my favorite game of all time. It's called Disney Villainous at a local Starbucks, not my favorite Starbucks, mind you, but at local Starbucks and just spending some time together. No question, any time I get a chance to spend with my wife is a source of great happiness. But the real joy, the real pleasure, the real uh, smile that gets put on my face is not just spending time with my wife, but spending time with my wife by playing a game, but not just because we're playing a game, but playing a game that I win at. I mean, come on, there's no greater joy, right? Than being able to be victorious in a, a battle of wits with your wife as you play a game. And uh, I love, I'm not competitive at all. I'm not, I have no competitive bone in my body, but there is something really sweet and awesome when I defeat my wife in a game and she's not very happy or pleased. Last picture I want to show you of something that brings me great pleasure and happiness, a source of joy is my family. Here's a picture of my siblings and our spouses uh, recently at Walt Disney World. Uh, it was such an amazing trip, such a good time with family. But do you really want to know the, the real source of joy, the real source of happiness? Was that we didn't take our kids. It was amazing. We left the children at home and we went just the six of us and it was so much fun. I mean, it was hilarious because as you walk through Walt Disney World, you obviously see lots of families there. And so you saw parents with their children. You know, you could just see the stress on their face. The kids were crying. They were hot. They were sweating. They had to wear masks. And we just kind of skipped through Walt Disney World going, ha we have no kids. Best day ever. But let me ask you this question. Is there more to joy than just being happy? Is there more to joy than just receiving great pleasure? Is there more to joy than just putting a smile on your face and enjoying the certain things in your life that make you happy? And I'm here to say absolutely that there is a depth to joy that is so much deeper than just our emotions and just our feelings. And as we walk through the scripture, hopefully we can have a full understanding of what biblical joy is all about. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16. This is where we're going to be spending our time. We're going to be looking just at a few verses uh, of and unpack some powerful truth as we try to wrap our mind around what true joy is. Now, the context of this passage in John chapter 16 is that Jesus is soon to be arrested and will soon be put on trial and will soon be crucified. And so at this point, what Jesus has done is he has spent some time with his disciples. They've had the last supper. He's began to tell them about what's going to happen, even though it's really confusing to them. And the disciples begin to get scared. They begin to be filled with kind of this sorrow and grief. And they, they can't quite understand what's going on. All they know is that you're going to leave us. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? And so Jesus in his unlimited patience 
just stops and begins to speak words of encouragement to his disciples. And so let's pick up John 16, starting at verse 20, and just listen to the words that Jesus speaks to the people that he loves. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. And at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant you your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Now, real quick, real quick. One of the things I love about this passage is just the way that Jesus uses the illustration of a woman giving, uh, giving labor, giving birth to a child as a way to illustrate joy. And the, thing, the reason why I love it is because I found it hilarious as I was doing my study on this passage. I just loved how many male biblical scholars affirm this point. Like they were just, they would write in their commentaries of like, oh yeah, totally. You know, giving birth is really, really hard and really, really painful. But as soon as you see that baby, you totally forget about the pain. Now, again, I understand that this is probably true because again, Jesus said it was true. I just don't think I'm allowed to say that publicly. I don't think I'm allowed to say, oh yeah, child labor is really, really tough and it's really, really painful. But as soon as you see your baby's face, you totally forget about the pain. The closest that I can get to understanding this concept is this. Yes, after Carly, my first daughter was born, I totally forgot the pain that my legs were experiencing after standing for as long as I did. I mean, it was painful. I really was a hero that day. You can just ask my wife. But the truth is still just as powerful. And I want us to come back to that because this is the truth that Jesus offers his disciples. Again, as they're filling with grief, as they're being surrounded by sorrow, as they're sitting there in their pure and immense confusion of what's going to happen this next day, what's going to happen to Jesus. Jesus says these words, John 16, 20, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Now, I love the Greek word there of turn, right? Suddenly turn to wonderful joy. That it literally means, when you look at the definition of that, it means coming into a new state of being, that there is actually a transformation that's gonna take place. There's gonna be something powerful that takes place in that moment of grief, in that moment of sorrow, in that moment of confusion. And there is going to be in that moment, joy. Now, I know that there must be someone listening today at one of our campuses or online that you need to hear this truth, that yes, you might be walking through a very difficult and challenging time. Your life might be filled with grief and sorrow or confusion. I want you to hear from, from a pastor that loves you and from our church that today you can experience joy. Now, I know that's hard to understand, and I know that it's probably difficult even to accept. And so what I want to do is I want to just unpack this idea of grief and joy just for a little bit, offer you some truths, give you some encouragement and some challenges as we attempt together as a church 
to claim the power and the truth of joy over our lives today, no matter what you might be walking through. And so here's the first point that I want to make as we talk about this idea of grief and joy. Number one, grief is a normal and natural part of following Jesus. Like this might be a given, but I feel like sometimes we just need to say it. Because I think too often in church, we can present like everything's great. Even pastors or what we do on a Sunday morning or just throughout the week, we can just make everything sound like everything's great. Everything's grand. Everything's perfect. I love God. I love Jesus. I'm living my life as a follower of Jesus Christ and everything's awesome. And again, there is amazing truth in enjoying the blessings of following God. And there's nothing greater, nothing greater than having Jesus in my life. But that doesn't mean that I don't have bad moments. And that doesn't mean I don't have days where I want to give up. And that doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I'm filled with grief, filled with sorrow, and filled with absolute confusion. And if you are experiencing any of those things right now, I want you to know that you're not alone and that it's okay. And that following Jesus can be hard and difficult. And so let me ask the question, when have you endured grief in your life? When have you experienced sorrow and heartbreak and pain and suffering? Or maybe ask this question, are you bearing the burden of grief and sorrow today? Are you walking through a very difficult time and you, you're afraid to even to say it? You're, you don't even know if you can even mention it because you don't want anybody to think less of you. You don't want to come across that maybe you don't have a relationship with God that you want other people to think about. Are you walking through a difficult time? You know, as you made your way into your campus today, hopefully you saw a piece of paper on your chair or maybe one of the ushers or the greeters gave you a piece of paper. And so what I want you to do right now is to take that out and just kind of hold it for a second. And here's what I would encourage you and invite you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to name your grief. I want you to, on that piece of paper, write down something that you are walking through. And, and it could be one of two ways. Something that you have gone through in the past, a difficult, hard, challenging time, a moment in your life that you can say, yes, this was a moment that I experienced grief, sorrow, and confusion, or something that you're walking through right now. And again, you don't need to put your name on this. I'm not going to make anybody stand up and share it with your neighbor. I just want you to have a moment to be honest with yourself, honest with God who is with you right now to say, this is what I'm walking through. This is the challenge that I have experienced in the past or I'm walking through right now. So just take a moment, take that piece of paper and just write down your truth, your story, the moment that you are wrestling through. Right now, and for those of you watching on our online campus, I believe right now in the chat, there is a link that you can click on and it can send you to a page that you're gonna do the same thing. You're just gonna type it out instead of writing it on a piece of paper. Please hear me when I say, church, that grief, sorrow, sadness, hard moments is a normal part of following Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. Thank the Lord that there is more to this story than just understanding that life is hard. And here's the second point that I want to make. No measure of grief, no measure of grief can rob you of the promise 
of joy. I'm going to say that again because I think it's one of those things that needs to be said. No measure of grief can rob you of the promise of joy. Look at verse 22 again. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. This is a truth that if you're walking through a difficult time, I would encourage you to hold on to. Don't hold on to what I'm saying. Hold on to the truth of scripture. Remember, joy is a gift from the Holy Spirit. This is something that God gives those who call upon Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. And through the advocate, through the helper, through the Holy Spirit, we are given something that is not dependent on outside circumstances. It is not dependent on having good or bad things in our life. It is solely based off of the love that we have received from the God of the universe and through the gift of his Holy Spirit that is in our life today. And if we really understand that, if we really understand that this is a gift from God, not something that's determined by all these other things, then we can actually wrap our mind around this, that joy and grief can live side by side in our heart. That we can actually have times of grief and sorrow. We can be walking through the most challenging of experiences and we can still claim joy. They can coexist. Sometimes I think we feel like we go through hard and difficult times, right? And we gotta go through that and we gotta fix it or move on from it. Then we can experience joy. I don't believe that's what the scripture says. I believe what the scripture says is that when we're walking through difficult and hard times, when we're experiencing the worst that this life can offer us, even in that same breath, we can experience joy. Now, one of my favorite movies of all time is a Disney Pixar movie called Inside Out. If you've never seen Inside Out, how dare you? That is, it's a great movie. Go get Disney Plus right now. Get online, get that, watch this movie. It's so good, okay? So here's the basic premise of the movie. It follows this family that has moved from Minnesota to San Francisco. And the main character, in essence, is this 11-year-old girl named Riley. And so the story of the movie really just follows this family as they go through this big change, as they make this transition. And it really gives kind of an in-depth look into the emotions that this 11-year-old girl is feeling and discovering and the challenges she's experiencing as she experiences this change and as she loses everything that she had as she starts a new life. But the real characters, the real story is really what goes on in Riley's mind. And so the whole premise of the movie is it shows these different emotions. They're actually characters in the story of how they control Riley and how she's adapting and how she's interacting with the world. And so you'll see a character is anger and you'll see moments where Riley gets really angry because the character of anger is in control of her mind, or you'll see disgust or you'll see fear. But the two real important characters in this story are that of sadness and of joy. And it's a weird kind of interesting relationship between the two of them because they kind of go back and forth with each other where the sadness wants to make Riley feel sad, but Joy's like, no, no, you need to be happy. You need to be happy. And they go back and forth. They go back and forth. And so this clip that I want to show you is basically Riley has had it. She's so upset about all the changes that she's had to go through that she's done and she wants to go home. So she chooses to actually, because anger is in control, she chooses to run away and she gets on a bus and she's ready to go home back to Minnesota. But at the last minute, she stops, she gets out of the bus, she heads home and she kind of just has it out with her mom and dad. And she just looks at him and she just says, I'm mad. 
I'm sad. I just, I, I don't, you want me to be happy, but I'm not happy. I miss all these things. I miss our old life. And she just lets her family know exactly how she's feeling. And what I love about this clip is that it really truly shows what happens in a moment when we can own our feelings, we can be honest with what we are going through. And in that same moment of grief and sadness that we can experience joy at the same moment. Watch this. Minnesota too. I miss the woods when we took hikes. And the backyard where you used to play. Spring Lake where you learned to skate. Come here. favorite part of that clip, right, is when she's finally done just laying out all of her feelings, saying everything that's on her heart. She leans in to her mom and dad after they have affirmed what she has felt, as they've said their own feelings of sadness to her. She just leans into her mom and dad. She takes that breath, and then she smiles. And then as you see in that clip, this beautiful moment happens in the life of Riley, where now her circumstances have not changed, right? She's still experiencing the loss and the sorrow of her formal life. Her parents didn't say, oh, we're so sorry, let's move back. But in that moment, because of the love that she receives from her parents and from that affirmation of what she's feeling, a moment takes place inside of her life where now this sadness has now turned into joy and now become a deeper part of her heart and her personality, the love that she experienced from her family. And so the third point that I want to make here 
is I think the hardest, but it's probably the most powerful. The courage of joy comes from claiming the name of Jesus. To claim joy, I think, is one of the hardest things that we can do, one of the most difficult, challenging, and one of the most courageous things that we could ever do. If we're walking through a storm, if we're experiencing heartache, if we're fighting through all kinds of sadness and pain and hurt, to claim joy in that moment takes courage. But here's the cool thing. You do not need to do this on your own. There is a God that loves you who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that through his sacrifice and his resurrection and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you can find the courage to claim joy. Not because of anything we can do, but because what he has done for us. Look at John 16, 24 again. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. When we come in times of worship and prayer and we call upon the name of Jesus in our life, that is when the Holy Spirit can manifest itself in such a way that can give us the courage, give us the strength to say, I am claiming joy even when my feelings are against me, even when the circumstances of my life aren't allowing me, I am going to claim joy for my life today. At the end of the the service, we're going to sing one more worship song called, Yes, I Will. And here's the lyric from this song. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all of my days. Yes, I will. This is why we worship, not just to gather together to sing songs, not just to make us feel good, but so that we can claim truth, that we can claim joy, that we can ask God to give us courage that no matter what we might be going through, no matter what we might be feeling, we in one voice together as a church family can call upon the name of Jesus Christ and ask him to help give us the power and the courage to claim joy over our circumstances. That is why we worship. One of the things that we want to do in each of these messages is create space for one of our church family members to share their testimony of how we've seen this fruit of the Spirit lived out in their life. And so I want to show you a video of uh, a friend of mine, one of our church family members named um, Yesel Brindis, who is going to just share a little bit of the story that she has gone through of not only the grief that she's experienced, the sorrow, the heartache, and the confusion, but also the joy that God has given them in the midst of it. Watch this. Hi, my name is Yaisel, and we have been coming to Abundant Life Church for five years. Um, My husband's name is Carlos. We have been married for 26 years and we have three kids. And today I'm gonna share a little bit of our testimony with our little one, Haley Victoria. Okay, so when I was 20 weeks pregnant, the doctor found she was uh, coming with a lot of heart problems, but we went home. It was really hard that day, but we prayed and we decided to have her like that because she was, she's a gift from God, so. We open our hearts to receive that gift. Um, it was very hard that day in the beginning, but we, we put all our trust in God. Um, 
she the doctor was saying the worst but as I say we put our trust in God and when she was born it was really hard and she had her first heart surgery when she was eight days old but after we decided that we are gonna have her like all her problems that the doctor said to us we we all our fears were gone and we live from that day with with joy and then she had four open heart surgeries already so i think um, we were ready for this moment because god was preparing us um, our oldest daughter when she was three years old she had a brain tumor and uh, when when we meet god we open our heart to jesus um our faith started growing and it has been many years, so I think God knew that we are going to have another daughter with heart problems. And we are going to go through all of this, and then we... That's why I think we were prepared for that moment. And we live with joy because we think God is good all the time. And I think he, she's here with a big purpose, like we don't know that yet and we're still praying for a miracle in her life, but um, we don't live like um, suffering or sad or anything like that. We have a lot of joy in our life. Every day we make her day very special because we know God is beside us. He's in front of us, he's with us every day, all the time. So every time, we are in the hospital with her. Um, we we have the opportunity to share our our testimony with other people that they are there with their kids. And Garis has been so faithful with us through this all all four heart surgeries with her. We have seen him like providing for us. Um, and, the best is that we can share our testimony in the hospital with her, with the nurses, with the doctors. And we believe like we can, sharing our testimony, we can save a lot of, not us, but God through us, we can save people. The first time she was in the hospital here at OHSU, we met another family in the waiting room. So the kid was um, have an accident. We asked them if we can pray for them, but we don't speak English very much in that time. And then our daughter Helen, she prayed for them. And it was amazing. Since today we are friends, and they help us a lot in that moment. Like, God always put people in our life to share our testimony. That's the main reason I love to share our testimony because we can, you never know which person you can touch with your testimony. Um, that's why I live with Joey, because even that I've been through a lot, is because it's God's, God's will, and he's using me for his purpose every day. No measure of grief can rob you of the promise of joy. You know, as we end our service today, there's just one more thing I'm going to ask you to do. Obviously, we're going to end, like I said, in a time of worship. But before we get to that, we're going to spend some time in communion. 
And so if you're at your campus right now, here's what I'd like for you to do. As you look around the room, you probably see that there are communion stations very similar to what we did last week. And so what I want you to do as soon as I'm done praying is to get up and to go to those communion stations so that we can share in a time of communion together, that we can take the bread that represents the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross, the juice that represents the blood that was spilled so that we may be forgiven of our sins and that we may be invited into a new life with the resurrected King. But as you head to that communion station, I'd invite you to take that piece of paper that you wrote your grief, your sorrow, your confusion, the pain, the heartache that you experienced in the past or that you're currently walking through. And I invite you to take that with you. And when you go to that communion station, I invite you to take that piece of paper and lay it down at the cross that you will see on that table. And as you lay that down, I invite you then to take the communion elements. And this is not, here's my sorrow, I'm letting it go, and now everything's great. What we're doing is we're just affirming to who, we're we're claiming the truth and affirming the truth of what we've experienced, of the heartache that we have felt. And in that same breath, as we affirm this, we are celebrating the love and the sacrifice and the resurrection and the power that comes from the name of Jesus. And we together as a church will make the prayer and sing the song, yes, we will. And for those of you watching online, again, go to the chat. There's a link you can go, you can Add your story, your truth, your sharing into this this message. As you then partake in communion, whatever you need. If I was at home, I'd be using Diet Pepsi Wild Cherry and Cheetos. And so whatever you got, spend some time, create some space just to say thank you, just to be honest and real with your feelings and to ask God to give you the strength and the courage to claim joy today. And the cool thing we really want to do is we want to take all of these stories, all of these testimonies, all of these prayers, wherever you might be, and we want to use them actually to display to the church and display to those around us that today, even when we experience the hurt, even when we're in the midst of pain, we as a church, through the fruit of God's spirit, can claim joy today. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. And I don't want to make this prayer too long. I just want to speak the words of truth. Lord, we are walking through a difficult time. No question. Every single one of us has something that we are fighting through, wrestling through grief or sorrow or confusion. I pray, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, that through the love that we've experienced in you by inviting your son, Jesus Christ, into our life. And as we claim the power of your son's name, Lord, I pray that you would pour out abundantly the fruit of your spirit of joy on us today, Lord. I know that there is a lot that we need to fight through, a lot of things that we need to wrestle through. I don't wanna make this sound easy and simple, but it is simple and easy to accept the truth of your word and to allow it to be a part of our life. So heavenly father, Lord Jesus, as we enter into a time of coming to the cross, as we enter into a time of coming and affirming your presence, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out upon this place, upon each and every one of our campuses, the fruit of your spirit of joy so that today we can claim your truth, your love, who you are over every situation, over every heartache, every grief, because there is no measure of grief that will ever rob us of your promise of joy for us today. Bless us in this time of worship. Bless us in this time of communion and let us together as a church family claim the joy of your name. 
In your name we pray. Amen.